politics, sports, movies. You are listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank, and I'm the host of the show, and thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking the show out. If you're a return listener, thanks for coming back and continuing to listen. The show is available on the following podcasting apps. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. If you listen to the show using one of these apps, please click subscribe and this will allow you to receive notifications when new episodes are uploaded. This podcast covers three different subjects, movies, sports, and politics. Each episode is dedicated to one of these topics. You can also follow the show on social media. The handle for Twitter is at BendYourEarPod. This is also the handle for Instagram. If you want to email the show, the email is BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. If you're not using a podcasting app to listen to the show, you can always get episodes directly from the website, which is www.LetMeBendYourEar.com. On the show, uh, filmmaker uh, Tucky Williams, uh, we're going to discuss uh, her filmmaking career and specifically her movie Girl, Girl Scene, which is on Amazon Prime right now, and the um, issue she's had with the film as far as some backlash and kind of her fight to get her film uh, back on Amazon after it was taken off. So before we get into that, uh, Tucky, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And I want to start just real quick. I have some a couple of, of, of background questions. So on your Twitter profile, on your bio, it says that you have a BA in meteorology. So I, I got to start there because were you did you do weather or was that just something you studied in college? I'm just interested. in Yeah, that. I did do the weather briefly um, on television. I, yeah, in meteorology, I, I did the weather and I co-hosted the morning show here. It was the lead into Good Morning America. Wow. Okay. So let me ask, I was asked to ask, I live in Florida, so the weather is pretty predictable for most of the summer, but meteorology, I want you to be honest. I'm going to ask an honest, I want an honest answer because I've never actually got to talk to an actual weather person. So isn't it really just kind of educated guessing? Well, it's definitely, I would say we're in the early stages of learning about it a hundred years from now. What we're doing now is going to look primitive, but I would say within three days, it's it's very, very accurate. Some of these things that have 15-day forecasts. Thank you. Thank you. Historical records, but two or three days out, it's very accurate. Okay, I'm good with that because when I started seeing, and, and like I said, uh, I, yeah, I used to be, I remember 10, 15, 20 years ago, showing my age a little bit, that yeah, it would be a three to five day forecast. And then all of a sudden it became 10 day forecast. And I'm going, wait a minute, the, the weather is changes hour to hour how can you forecast 10 days out accurately right that's impossible yeah okay thank you thank i appreciate that i now someone with a degree that actually now i'm not crazy when i say that to people and people look at me like i'm crazy so thank you for that so how did you get from uh on on tv weather person to filmmaking so that's the journey i'm interested in how did you how did that come about for you well, what I always wanted to do was be an actress, and I didn't think that was a good career choice, and I didn't want to go through all that torture of being in Hollywood, and so I was like, well, something I can do that's pretty close is do the weather, because that's kind of, it's kind of, you know, like hosting a morning show, it's very social, and it is very much like performing, so that's what I did, and then by chance, I scored, um, there were two leads in a movie, and I scored one of the leads in an independent film here, 
And I just kept going and making more and more movies. That's fantastic. And where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, here, by here, I, I mean uh, Kentucky, Lexington, mm -hmm. Kentucky. It's in the center of the state, and it's um, kind of this little island universe in the middle of, uh, of the Deep South. Wow, and that's always fascinating to me because I'm always very uh, – I appreciate people that are able to sustain or have a filmmaking career or acting career outside of either New York or Hollywood. I always find that very uh, impressive because it's even hard enough when you do move to those cities. So the fact that you were able to do that while still being there still is pretty uh, pretty impressive. Well, thank you. I'm I'm actually really glad I did this way, did it this way in hindsight because most people I talk to, even successful actors and actresses, they say that their job is going to auditions, and I can't imagine how terrible that must be to have to get up and get dressed and be at an audition at nine a.m. for you know, every day for a part. And this is so much better because you know I I think I get to write my own part, whatever I want to do, I can I can make and I can have that role. That's fantastic. And when you uh, when you got the lead in the independent film, what uh, what was it about that that led you to writing and directing? Was it seeing once you got on set and started to shoot? Was it something that you immediately fell in love with? Was it a gradual process? How did you become a, a writer and director? Yes, it was a gradual process. So if you had told me but when I started, if you had asked, did you want to be a director? I would have said, no, 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 not at all. But you keep doing more and more and more, and that basically you realize that the more in charge you are, the more things turn out the way you want them to be. So it was a slow process, and you know, people telling me I would hire someone to direct the movie, but then I'd have people telling me, you know what, you're really the one directing here. And so I was like, okay, I give up. I'm just going to call myself the director from now on. Fantastic. And who are? Because I'm a, I'm a huge film buff. Who are your filmmaking influence did you come at it from a, a a love of film or was it something you stumbled onto um well i think I, i've seen every movie that's made since the early 80s I, I really do think i've seen everyone and um i mean right now my favorite actor my favorite director is david fincher um i think david fincher is uh there's david fincher and then everybody else is wrong <laughs> <laughs> And then my influences director-wise are uh, Spike Lee and Quentin Tarantino and uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, I, those, those are the main ones. Oh, no. No, and James Cameron, of course. Yeah. Yes, no, those are some of my favorites. I mean, Fincher, uh, Love Social Network. I actually loved um, Alien 3, believe it or not. I When I first saw it, I didn't love it. But when I watched it again, I came to appreciate it more. But David Fincher is a is a visionary director, definitely uh, one you know, that... Uh, like he disavowed that film. He disowned it and said that he was not the director, which is interesting. <laughs> so I'm glad you liked it. The other yeah, thing I is... Think it's hard to tell because I know, I know, I, well, I remember, like I said, coming from the 90s, you know, I know he started as a video director, Madonna videos, a lot of, a lot of really cool uh, music videos before getting into film. And Alien 3, just the visual aesthetic of that film, I think is wonderful. And you can tell it's a David Fincher movie. Even if he disowned it, at least to me anyway, when I look, look at, at it. it again. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at it since probably probably since the first time I saw it. And uh, but the other interesting thing is that the social network has more special effects in it than uh, Godzilla, the latest Godzilla movie. And that that's one of the great things about him is <laughs> you're really watching sort of when you're watching a David Fincher drama, you're actually watching pretty much a science fiction film because, you know, they had the twins, the Winklevoss twins. Is right. That their name? You know, and it, it was all special effects. So he goes out of his way. He, he, I think he, didn't he work with George Lucas with Lucasfilm for a while? He knows how to use special effects and how to change a, 
how to fake a movie to make life more real. And it's it's like he, he does things that you would never even think of. He uses green screen when you don't need a green screen. And it what it does is it draws you that much more into the film. It, it's amazing. I just I just watch his movies over and over again to see, I mean, within inches. There's a reason he does 50 takes on every shot because everything is so precise. Yeah, no, I know he's uh, he's one of those because it's funny when I hear I, I've listened to actors that worked with him. And one of my other favorite directors is Stanley Kubrick, who is, of course, notorious for 50, 60, 70, 100 takes on a scene and the preciseness, kind of the same thing, very exacting. And any one of Stanley Kubrick's films are basically, you know, some people use the term sterile, which I don't like because I think it's kind of a criticism when I think they're beautifully uh, made. Considering he was a photographer, you can tell. And I think Fincher's the same way. He's got kind of that photographer's eye and that just that visual sense, even in, just in the different films that he does. And I love that he jumps genres too, whether it's uh, Gone Girl or Zodiac or or even, like I say, Alien 3 going back. Uh, it's just in Social Network. It's just different films, different genres, and just all they, the films look unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And uh, so when you got into directing, so once you got into the director's chair, was it everything you thought it would be? Was it uh, more than you bargained for? What, what was it when you first started doing it? Well, it was every bit as difficult as I thought it would be. And I mean, it was like I said, it was a gradual process. So by the time I was there, I knew what I was in for. And I, like I said, I had pretty much been doing it. I just someone else had I just said, oh, this is the director. But at this point, it was it was all me. And so. Uh, it you know it's it's there was no official time like oh you're the director of this movie it was just finally like I was doing more and more and more and then it was like I was the director then and so uh it's I would just say the only difference from beginning until now is that it's just so much more work so much more (laughs) Um, (laughs) just but you know if if you want things done right you have to do it yourself but I have I have really great people working for me I have my friends they they really put everything they have into it I I wouldn't be able to do it without my my friends they're they're unreal they're so supportive can I say their names oh please do Todd Burroughs and Jerry Williams and last but not least Grizzly (laughs) Stephen Rankin and uh they they I, it's when you have that kind of support system, you you can just accomplish anything. That's fantastic. It's great to hear because I, I know, you know, you hear stories, you know, of of movie making and how it can be. Um, I love the collaborative part of it. I, I hate to hear stories, and it happens a lot where where it's uh, there's battles and clashes. And I know sometimes in creative processes, those battles are necessary and they're good for the film. But I think a lot of times there's a lot of unhealthy battles. Uh, so I like to hear that. Uh, you have people that support you that uh, that help help you bring your vision uh, from the script to the screen and and in a way that you want in an uncompromising way. So that's that's good to hear. Yes, I love them. They're wonderful. And so let's get into the film. So the film girl girl scene. So um, what I'll let you kind of lead on this narrative. So I know basically the limited information I have is that you put the film on Amazon. Uh, it was out started to do real well, was generating really good reviews, and then some things started to happen with the reviews. And I'll kind of let you take it from there. Why don't you go ahead and tell me that story? Okay, well, you got it right. It was doing really well. And then all of a sudden, there started to be strange reviews that were actually 
like uh, hate reviews, not they didn't like the movie reviews. That would have been fine if someone just didn't like it. That would have been fine with me. Um, but, you know, it went from positive stuff to all of a sudden legitimate hate, hatred of women, hatred of lesbians, racist, anti-Semitic, just every kind of is anger that there could be was being expressed with vitriol in all the reviews um, on Amazon and on IMDb. And they were one star bombing it. So uh, a lot of times they would be like, I only watched 10 minutes of this and I'm giving it one star. They would say that in the reviews. I only watched 10 minutes. I'm giving it one star. And then they would write seven paragraphs about why they were offended by it. Um, They seemed to think the movie was anti-Trump which it very much wasn't. Um, one of the characters was a Republican, as I wanted to show that, you know, there, there's a diversity of gay people that's not all one thing, and I wanted to show, uh, you know, that gay people could be conservative. They were, they were all different kinds, and, and it was just funny that they thought the movie was, anti, that, that was anti-conservative, because if anything, it was the other way. And it, it, they were just very, very angry, and it was clearly not at the film itself. It was clearly clearly just angry with women. Uh, The main complaint they left was that uh, it was not a pornographic movie. And they were (laughs) angry and felt they had been misled because there were lesbians in it. And apparently in their universe, uh, lesbians aren't women who like women. They are uh, women who entertain men. So there's no nudity or, I mean, there are like love scenes in the movie, but there's no like, there's nothing pornographic in the movie. And they were very, very, very angry about that. And they left these one-star reviews. And all of a sudden, I got a message from Amazon that said, based on the negative reviews, we're taking the movie down. And uh, that was not okay with me. So do you want me to keep going with the story? Should I pause? Yeah, let's pause for a second. I want to kind of chime in on this because this is actually angers me because not to blast other movies because I usually don't do that unless I'm giving a bad review to a movie I didn't like. Um, I can go to Amazon or IMDb and see a bunch of crappy movies that are constantly there that are an insult to movie making that they would never consider taking down. So I find it very curious that just because, and even though these reviews were not of the film, even if they were of the film, why would they consider taking it down? That, that part bothers me because I'm, I don't I, there's plenty of crappy films everywhere that stay up there forever I have no idea <laughs> that's my answer I have no idea what was going on so they just said um, bad reviews we're going to take it down that's basically what they told to you customer feedback those are the two that's the phrase customer feedback hmm. which was basically really uh, stuff I can't even repeat vile things wow yeah so then yeah so then when they when they were going to do that so then what was your response obviously your your response was not to take that line down what did you do once that was going to happen well they took it down immediately just bam they took it down and uh so i i I was just like oh god here we go and so i i wrote to them for two weeks because i wanted to go through the process so i spent two weeks going back and forth with them i just got really strange responses from them and then, um, so I went to my friend, uh, Memory Joelle, who runs the website AfterEllen.com, which is the biggest lesbian website on the internet. And I went to her and I told her about it. And she, for two weeks, did an investigative report. And she released that uh, article on her website. And then 
I sent that everywhere. And then everybody got on board and I gave out the email to Amazon's public relations department. And I just said, hey, everybody, here's the story of what happened and here's the email. Tell them how you feel about it. And uh, everybody did. And uh, some big names on Twitter retweeted the story and a lot of people got behind it. And then another two weeks later, bam, all of a sudden it was restored. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, that's that's you know the the double edged sword of social media and and access. So you have the the you have both sides of it in your story. You have the the vile, um, you know, nature of the reviews that the film received, which had nothing to do with the film, just more about the story you were trying to tell, not criticizing the way you told it, just just basically trying to throw hate out there. And then you have the the positive uh, impact of, of the right people seeing this on social media and spreading the word and kind of probably shaming Amazon into getting it back on. So uh, I'm glad to hear that that happened. Once the, the movie came back on, what was the, the feedback you were getting and, and kind of what was the traction? What traction was the movie getting on Amazon once you brought it back on? That was great. Uh, I mean, you know, I got like, people started watching it again. It was wonderful. It was exactly the way uh, it, it should have been. I just, I just, um, you know, had a period where it, it didn't earn anything and no one could watch it. And they were complaining, too, because a lot of people said, I bought this. I, I should at least be able to watch it. And they, I mean, they really took it down completely. But, I mean, like I said, they restored it. Um, I, You know, they ended up doing the right thing in the end. So good for them. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely good for them, because that's that's definitely something that shouldn't really be happening uh, to anyone, especially for something like this. So let's get into the film itself. So um, I was able to I've been crazy busy, but I've been I was able to watch about half the movie and I want to finish it. I loved what I saw. I, I want to just tell you personally, I love the four main actresses, including you. Uh, I thought the performances were fantastic. And I think for me, uh, I haven't really watched many lesbian themed films. So it was kind of funny because as I was watching it and I'm going, these are the same situations and, and things that you see in every movie. And it, I have to admit, it was it was not even not jarring because that's the wrong word. It was kind of refreshing to see it because normally you would have boy girl relationships, the friends and, and, and then to see it all women uh, basically in the entire film is is. I guess in a sense surprising because you don't really see it that often. And now part of it maybe is I'm not seeking it out, but I think a, a lot of those films are just not available uh, for mainstream viewing. So it was great to see that. And, and the performances were, were fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I'm looking forward to, to finishing it, but what I saw, I liked a lot. That means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, those actresses I've had, they were amazing it was so awesome to be there and be in these scenes with them because they're so talented and then you're right i, I don't think there is a movie like this one <laughs> it's yeah. it's very i don't think there is a lesbian movie like this there aren't many movies like this period but i mean that's the thing is is it is a movie about lesbians but it is for everybody i mean i think 90 percent of the audience is straight people because it's a movie i want everyone to watch and I'm, I think it, it connects with people on so many levels. And I'm so happy that you enjoyed it. I did. And I did. And it's, it's funny because I'm, and I think it hit me in a certain way because I'm a child of the eighties. So basically the eighties were, you know, I was 10 to 20 in the eighties. So my teen years are in the eighties. So I, I love everything eighties and, and I, I mean, I, I laughed because the one thing that made me laugh was, and this is only if you're an eighties kid, I love the fact that you had at the very beginning of the movie, uh, you know, showing the video playing literally with the tracking lines going down the video 
that just brought back memory, just the white lines where you had to adjust the tracking on your VCR. So I was like, wow, she really uh, legit knew about 80s VCRs. So I, 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 I just, it made me laugh because I'm like, wow, that's something that no one's seen in 30 years and no one will ever see because of DVD and digital now. But just those little touches, uh, I really enjoyed about it. And like I said, anything said in the 80s, I'm already going to be game for. Yeah, aren't the 80s fantastic? They're the best. I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but yes, I think they're the best. I think the movies out of the 80s are the best. I think uh, the ridiculous clothing, the glow-in-the-dark shoelaces, all of that stuff was fantastic. But again, I'm biased, so I'm an 80s kid. So it was fantastic. And I, and I love that, um, like I said, I, I love that the movie portrayed just... And this is where I think the 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 LGBT um, the LGBT filmmaking community uh, really will connect with audiences, and your film is proving that is that it's universal. It's a universal story. That's what I loved about the movie. Like I said, other than the fact that you see an all female cast, which you don't even see even in 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 a, a straight movie per se, where there's just telling a you know story. It's a story that anybody can relate to. I've seen this film and the fact of a, a group of friends that fight, get along help each other out, have each other's back. All that, all those things are reflected in the movie. And that's why I think it's, it's, it's a movie for everyone, not just for a certain audience. Thank you. It, yeah, it's, it's, I've just loved that it's been received so well. And I, I'm glad it's brought some joy into people's lives. And I'm like, you said the eighties, I think another thing I tried to do to make it eighties is the dialogue. So the dialogue's <laughs> a little bit cheesy, which is really hard to write. It's really hard to write bad dialogue. And um, it's, it's very much a timed, it has that pacing and timing of kind of like the way jokes used to be. And then also kind of the mores of the eighties uh, movies, which is kind of like, um, all of a sudden the problems just kind of get solved. <laughs> we yes. Move on to the yes. No, you're right. You're right. I can't, I can't, uh, like I said, the cheesiness is something I love too. Well, let me, going back to influences, did you watch a bunch of 80 movies to prep this film or you just have that in your, in your inner vocabulary or how did you prepare to shoot the movie, to get the look of the movie, to make it feel like it was in the 80s? Oh, that's, uh, I well, John Hughes' movies are everything to me. And I think I was, I, I felt like I had to make a girl-girl scene movie because the series had done so well. So I knew in my head I had to make a movie and I just didn't know what to do. And then one night uh, my friend came over and we watched The Breakfast Club, The Breakfast Club. And I was like, okay, that's it. I have to that's what I'm doing that's the direction I'm going so I mean I have I have all the John Hughes films burned into my brain all the Brat Pack movies this is an ode to the Brat Pack films um I can definitely see that I can definitely see that I'm a huge uh John Hughes fan I love yeah Breakfast Club um look Ferris Bueller I just watched the other day uh actually my two favorite John Hughes actually my, probably my favorite John Hughes film is not even a Brat Pack one is Planes Trains and Automobiles uh which I think is one of the best comedies ever made. I mean, he, he was a brilliant writer anyway. And even with Ferris Bueller, I think he wrote that film in three days, which to me is oh, mind boggling. Wow. Yeah. He wrote that film over a weekend. Yeah. That's insane. But yeah, breakfast. Club. I could see that in this movie. And that's why I think it, it just has that air of authenticity about it. I, it's just like you said, the, whether it's the, the cheesiness, the clothing, the drug use, all of the things that were quintessentially uh, 80s, I think, are in there. So let's talk about it. And I just realized tonight before we came on that um, you have the series. Now, the series is the series. Does the movie take place? Does the series take place in the 80s as well with the same characters? Or how, how does that work? Well, uh, two of the same characters are holdovers. The uh, series, no, was present day. Okay. But the movie, it's just in the 80s for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and how many seasons has the series been on? 
Well, um, it was well, it's te- it was it depends two or three depending on how you look. The way it's marketed on Amazon, it's three. When it was original, it was two, but it, now it's divided up into three. Got it. And are you doing anything further with those characters, or, or have, you, have you moved on from that particular story to something else, or what are you doing with it now? Well, I've spent a lot of time playing that. I've basically spent 10 years playing this one character. I mean, I've played other characters too, but I've spent 10 years as her. And I, I mean, this, you know, this was all pretty recent that I made it and it came out. And um, I mean, you know, now I can't make a movie for a while. So we'll see when everything is over where I am and if I want to do it again. I know, and your character, Evan, is something. I think she's like the uh, the alpha of the group and kind of the leader and uh, I, I loved your portrayal there as well. I just I loved uh, the dynamic between you and and Bridget, your relationship, kind of the the ups and downs there. Like I said, all of that stuff is like I said and completely relatable. And that's that's what I love about it. I think it's that's where I think it's going to connect and has connected with people. It's just it's just storytelling. No matter what the story happens to be, it's just storytelling, and that's really what's important in a movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So thank you for those compliments. That, thank you. I appreciate that. That actress who plays Bridget, I, it, I have another TV series where um, I, we're a couple on that series too. So we already had a great sort of, we, we connected acting wise. We already had that going. So then when it came time to do this movie, it was just, we were already, we already were comfortable with each other completely. That's fantastic. And, and kind of to circle back. So you know, telling um, LBGT stories, how is it for you in your own personal life uh, uh, um, telling these stories? And, and how is it? I'm growing up in Kentucky in the South. I know a lot of times that can be tough. Was it was your was your childhood tough? Was it easy? How How is it for you, uh, you know, uh, navigating that? Okay, well, I live in a more urban area, like I said, surrounded, surrounded by the Deep South, but it's um, a university town. So I would say that my experiences were as bad and good as they would have been for someone in another city. Like, like I, I spent a lot of my childhood in Toronto. Mm-hmm. My life probably would have been a lot better if I'd stayed in Toronto, but right. it, most, most cities, um, I would say it was the same as that. So there was, there was good and bad. And I mean, there, there was bad, but then you have this tremendous support system within the community. Um, and then, so the, the movie and the series are basically just telling the story and the series goes into a lot of the darker stuff, uh, but it just tells the story of what's happened to me in my life. I didn't need to invent much. I mean, the movie is all stuff that happened, and then the TV series was actually all stuff that happened. So the the issue was getting it on paper the right way and getting it written in a way that it would, that it would engage people. All right. So your character, Evan, then, so then I have to ask, how close is she to you in real life? Not at all. I don't know if you've seen a picture of me. <laughs> I don't look like that, and I don't uh, act like that, and I'm I'm nothing like that at all. Couldn't. No, I did see. Different. Yeah, your Twitter pictures are definitely different than your 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 character. So I didn't. So I didn't know the context of that was you in the past or something a different version of you. So no, I'm glad I, I didn't know if that was you know. So yeah, that's just good acting then. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I I do work hard to be someone radically different. Um, yeah, I mean, I had really, really short hair for a long time, and then it came time to do this movie. I was like, I am not cutting it off. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to tuck it in. <laughs> but for a long time, I had really short hair, and that was really fun, but I am done with having short hair for a while. And now, since Evan wasn't based on you, was it based on someone else? 
I think it was based on there's sort of like everything I knew about what girls wanted in a girlfriend. Uh, mm. Most girls uh, are looking for someone like Evan. So I kind of wanted to play the epitome of what girls were looking for. And, you know, I think I hit the nail on the head with her. No, I think so. I, th I think, uh, yeah. And I, like I said, I love that dynamic with, with, within the friends and, kind of how they look to her and kind of how she's the, yeah. I mean, I think there's even a line in the movie, if I remember right, where they're talking about that, that, that Evan is, is the girl that every girl wants. So I think there was even a line in the movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to definitely check out the series. Uh, I, I definitely, like I said, I want to finish the movie and then check out the series. And it's, uh, and, and it's, just, it's, a, it's an interesting story and I'm glad it was brought to my attention because I, and I'm glad Amazon did ultimately do the right thing. Uh, I, I still wish they hadn't, done the wrong thing first uh not to give him a complete pass and, and i know i mean the the outcome is good i just i just it bothers me a lot when when um art is censored for any reason um i'm, I'm a big proponent of, of of freedom of of art freedom of speech and and when things like that especially for no reason there was no really good reason to do this other than to kind of cave into some ridiculous pressure that really shouldn't have been there uh but i'm glad that the outcome uh ended up being positive and it resulted in uh, positive feedback for your movie and hopefully maybe even more people seeing it because of this unfortunate situation. So I'm glad it's ended up being uh, uh, hopefully a positive in the long run. Yeah, it speaks to the goodness of people that even though this terrible thing happened, a lot of good people came together and made a right out of it. Absolutely. And what do you, uh, I know you said a little bit earlier that uh, you're not going to be making a movie for a while. I know this movie came out in 2019, so I know that's super recent. Um, are you working on, are you just writing now? Are you looking to make another film? Are you taking a break? What are you doing as far as right now moving to the future? Well, I had been set up. I was going, I was in pre-production for a movie and I was going to make a movie. And then I was like, okay, this is coming. So I, I've stopped and, uh, it doesn't look, it doesn't look like <laughs> it's going to be a while <laughs> before I make anything. So I'm just taking it easy and waiting for the inspiration to come. Okay, well, because good. I have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. This this situation with COVID is 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 a nightmare, and and it makes me sad for all sorts of reasons. But like I said, I'm I'm a huge film buff. I love watching movies in theaters, and 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 that that being taken away, and and the ability for productions not to move forward. You know, on either my favorite shows or or movies that are coming out. It's 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 really sad, and hopefully, it won't be too much longer. And then you know things can kind of turn back up and then we can kind of see the entertainment that we all look forward to and, and filmmakers like yourself can get back to the business of making movies. So hopefully it won't be for too much longer. Oh, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for, for it to be a while, but I really, really hope we can get back to business soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's been outstanding talking to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and, and tell your story. And, and again, like I said, I'm glad, uh, the negative turned into a positive and, and I'll definitely be looking at, uh, looking forward to seeing more of your work. And hopefully uh, when the next thing comes out, we can talk again soon. I'd love to have you back on to discuss. Uh, we can even just talk about movies. Like I said, I can talk about directors and movies for hours. So I would love to have you on and talk about that since you're. Uh, I you can too. And I would love to come back on. And I have one more thing to say, which is that you have an amazing voice. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. This is lovely and perfectly paced, perfect syntax. I, I love what you have going on here. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, I've been doing it for about three years, so hopefully I'm I'm getting better at it. I got a long way to go. Uh, it was rough at the beginning, but I think hopefully I've I've gotten better at it. And 
And when I have guests like you, it makes it easy, though. So that's the easy part. When people like you come on, it makes my job really easy. So I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. And uh, anything you want to plug, though, let's let's plug anything you have. I know you have other uh, movies that you've done. Please plug anything you want to have people know well, about. I mean, all my stuff is on Amazon. So there's a girl, girl scene, three seasons of that and the girl, girl scene movie, um, you know, and this is weird because at 1 a.m. this morning, a new movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen, but Amazon released a new movie. It's called Dagger Kiss. It's sort of an homage to Roger Corman films. And, oh, okay. And I didn't know what was coming out, and I, I made it. I'm in it. If you dig Roger Corman, look up Dagger Kiss. Uh, you'll get a whole bunch of Roger Corman. That, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, we'll tell everybody to check out Dagger Kiss. Yeah, if he's in a crazy world, this, this is what he would have made. Awesome. I love that. So yeah, we'll I'll definitely have you back because like I said, I, I can talk directors and, and movies and, and I, I don't have many film buff friends that I can hang out and talk to about this stuff. So uh, I'll love to have you back on and we'll just talk all kinds of movies. So I'm definitely looking forward to that and I'll definitely keep in That's touch. Amazing. With you yes. All right. Outstanding. I appreciate it. Thanks again for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the show. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting app, please take a moment to rate and review. This is a quick and easy way you can help the show attain a higher profile in searches when people are seeking out new podcasts. Another way you can help raise the profile of the show, if you enjoyed what you heard or you think a friend might like it, is to share the episode on your social media. This is another easy way to help the show reach a wider audience. The podcast is available on the following podcasting apps. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. Episodes can also be downloaded directly from the website at www.letmebendyourear.com. If you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to the show, and I hope everyone has a great week.